Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the It Is What It Is podcast powered by the Riot Report. My name is Josh Klein. I am managing editor of said Riot Report. Uh, Today for you, we have a talk with a couple of players. Joey Sly, kicker for the Carolina Panthers. He talked about um, what his relationship is like with Graham Gano, how he's going about this offseason, even though Graham is not going to be there during training camp. Uh, whether or not it's easier as a kicker to work out during COVID-19, which I n- never really thought of, but is totally true, and that makes a ton of sense. And uh, and I thought it was interesting when he talked about when he has to get out there and kick, he goes into this like blackout state, and uh, it doesn't matter whether there is a full stadium, whether there's no fans, whether there's half stadium, um, it doesn't really matter to him. He is uh, He's blocking all that out, so I thought that was interesting. And then... Uh, we got to talk to, I don't know whether he's self-appointed or somebody appointed him this uh, this offseason, the most interesting man in the NFL, question mark, Stephen Weatherly, was uh, was absolutely fantastic. I will not lie to you. I went into that press conference um, uh, assuming that I, I would not be writing anything about him. And then after I was done, after we were done talking to him, I, I couldn't not write something about him because he was just so uh, interesting and uh um, gregarious and just uh, had a ton of stuff to say that was interesting and thoughtful. Um, his, his thoughts on the Black Lives Matter movement, um, his thoughts on uh, this defense and what his role is going to be and what he did during the offseason. He's terrible at gardening. Um, he, he plays nine musical instruments, what kind of song he would write in quarantine. I mean, the guy was just uh, – a, a pleasure to talk to. So I'd really encourage you to uh, to listen to what Stephen Weatherly had to say. Well, actually, we'll put Stephen um, first right after this. Um, I'd also encourage you to check out some uh, some podcasts this week on the Riot Network. Um, as the training camp starts to run back up, Not What You Think, drop the new episode, Quick Blitz, our new podcast with Sheena Quick and Vashti Hurt, has a new episode coming out tomorrow morning, or this morning, I should say, Wednesday morning. Uh, One Day Contract comes out on Thursday. Um, So we are rocking and rolling as the Panthers start to come back into training camp, and uh, we hope that you enjoy everything that we have to offer on the Riot Network and, of course, on theriotreport.com. But for now, here is Stephen Weatherly. Joe Person, hope you're doing well. I uh, hope you're doing well too. I am awesome. Uh, just along those lines, uh, you, you've now experienced a week or two of COVID testing and and just kind of this this new normal, if you will. How much, if any, thought did you give to uh, opting out, and what what are you, your impressions of of how this system is or isn't working? Um, how much consideration have I given to opting out? Um, I gave it a decent amount, um, knowing that I won't be able to have my family there and travel to games is, is everything because I do it for them. So that was unfortunate. But at the end of the day, um, after talking with my family, they were completely understanding of um, them not being able to make it to football for a year, maybe two, depending on how everything goes. Um, I think the system we have really works uh, with the contact tracers that we wear. And the everyday testing, it really, like, reassures that 
even though we're wearing masks all the time throughout the building and stuff like that, you know that everyone else in here um, has tested negative up to this point. Steven, uh, Jonathan Alexander with Charlotte Observer. Mm -hmm. um, nice to meet you. Um, so in, in, in knowing that, is, is that what ultimately came down to you deciding you wanted to play or, or were there other reasons that made you feel comfortable? Um, figuring out logistics of it, uh, even though we found out kind of late as the players, uh, as the players, uh, once I figured out how we were going to do it, then I was perfectly fine with it. Um, but I had already made the decision before the logistics came out. It was trusting that the people who were put in place as experts on how to control the potential spreading of the virus amongst us as an organization. It was about me trusting that those people were capable and competent in doing their jobs. So I'd already made the decision before I actually read the plan or even got to experience it. Stephen David Newton with ESPN.com. Good to see you. Um, you play on good defense at Minnesota. Curious, what, what, what about this defense that you've seen so far, the pieces it has? Um, what's the potential of it, and, and is the potential to be good right away? Uh, yeah, sky's the limit. Um, coming out here, you just only hear players from being on another team. But being able to come out here and see how these guys work and see how they prepare day in and day out, um, and the level of proficiency that we're showing with a brand new defense for everyone, I'm really liking it. Our level of communication, our ability to understand how one another plays uh, is everything. And so um, I think it's going to be a really good defense, and I think we're going to be able to execute early on. Steven, Josh Graham, Sports Hub Triumph. On that note, you, you, had, you dealt with terrific pass rushers at Minnesota, and you had Linval in the middle of that D-line. So I'm just interested – what have you seen, your early observations of Burns on the edge, it's her and um, the other young guy on that D-line, um, Derek Brown? Um, I see very similar freakish style abilities in regards to body awareness and body control that D has um, back in Minnesota in regards to speaking of Burns, right? And so he, he very much knows how to use his body, how to position his body to get past uh, the tackle for pass rush. In the run game, uh, he may not look uh, overly big, but he's very strong, very confident, and plays behind his hands. So he, he sets good edges. And then uh, DB, uh, Derek Brown, he's, a, he's big. Like, I'm big, but he's big. And he does not move like he's big, um, which is always a great thing. So once again, um, learning how one another plays, that's what's going to determine how well we play as a defense, because we definitely have pieces. Believe that. <laughs> Mike Solarte, Spectrum News. Uh, question for you regarding going back to the, the COVID testing and, and, and whatnot. Have there been conversations amongst the players about uh, maybe tightening up their own personal bubbles? I know that there are a lot of restrictions in terms of being able to go out and, and dine and, and get a drink and all that, that sort of thing. And I know that it's not really the talk right now during camp, but guys really have to maybe tighten their circles to not put themselves in jeopardy because if they end up coming down with it, they could spread it around the room. Is that a conversation mm -hmm. you guys have had? No, only because that conversation would have already been had before we even stepped in the door day one. Once you've gone through the, your own personal opt-out journey uh, and you decide to stay and play football, at that moment you've also agreed to tighten down your circle, like you're saying, to not go out 
to get more food delivered to you, to have your groceries delivered to you, that for the next six months during football season, um, it's going to be a really small circle. Uh, so no one really here has been talking about it because everyone's been living it. That's why I believe today we learned that we're one of, I, I learned at least today, we're one of like single digit teams that hasn't had a potential case amongst the players, right? So we're all living it. So no one's really talking about it. Hey, Steve. Process. Skylar Callahan here with Sports Illustrated. Uh, you kind of got your feet wet over the last couple of seasons in Minnesota. What were you able to take from those last two years and, and move on to this expanded role here in Carolina? Uh, it's learning how to play defenses um, and finding the commonalities between offenses. Um, every offense pretty, pretty much runs the same plays with window dressing. So it's taking everything I've seen over the last four years and compartmentalizing it and then giving that information out to the rest of the guys on the D-line. Because you don't have to be the biggest, the fastest, or the strongest if you know where you need to be, right? And so let's imagine if you knew where you needed to be and you were the biggest, the fastest, or the strongest, then you, you still you start to um, go into a really good place as a player on an individual level. So uh, for me, it's about trying to spread as much wisdom that I've collected over the last four years to all the young guys here. And even some of the older guys too, if they ask. Steven, uh, I know that you've been playing more of a rotational role earlier on in your career, but now that you are with Carolina, how excited are you to potentially play a bigger role? And do you feel like you have something to prove with that? Uh, yeah, I'm super excited to come out here and legitimately fight for a spot, um, a bigger, more expanded role. Um, and I do feel like I have something to prove. Um, every time I step on the field, just at least on my individual battle, showing that for this one rep, I'm going to dominate and do what I have to do better than the man across from me. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I feel like I'm ready to go out there and show what I got for sure. Hey, Steven, uh, Josh Klein from the Riot Report. Hope you're doing well. Um, I noticed in some of the photos from the walkthroughs that you're wearing goggles. Are those yeah. or are those per, per prescription or are they for COVID protection? What's what? What's going on there? Or just for looks? I like that last one. Yeah, COVID protection. Nah, um, they're prescription lenses. Um, just like these, uh, I have pretty bad eyes. So I have those in their transition lenses to keep the sun out of my eyes for the stigmatism. But then also COVID protection. <laughs> where, did, where did you kind of learn about those for COVID? Was that something that you thought about or was it just kind of a happy yeah. coincidence? Um, I know I didn't want to wear contact because I've lost a contact in a game and it's very uncomfortable. Um, so I made a decision. I'm going to wear goggles, uh, probably midway through the off season. And then at, once COVID, um, went into full gear and I was like, yeah, I actually have another way to protect myself from sweat. Cause in the defensive line, you're always going to bang and, and hit head to head with offensive linemen and the sweat always gets in each other's, uh, helmets. So I'm just fortunate that I picked that. Steven, uh, Scott Fowler from the Charlotte Observer. Nice to see you. Uh, you Hello. strike me as – how are you? Um, you seem to be a deep thinker about a lot of issues, so I wondered if you're going to wear one of these social justice uh, decals uh, this year mm -hmm. and just in general if you could speak to kind of the continuing impact of the Black Lives Matter movement right now. Yeah, I would – I am going to wear a decal. The one I would wear is a variation of uh, Black Lives Matter and just put like all Black Lives Matter, um, especially given my like standing and where I am in the community. Um, oftentimes when I'm met with people 
um, my life has been validated because of what I do, because I play for the Panthers and I'm a professional athlete. So um, people see value, see worth in me as an individual. Um, but when people don't know what I do for a living, um, I get treated differently. And it shouldn't take what someone does or when you learn who they are for them to then deserve to be treated fairly. And so that's something that I definitely want to echo. And that's a real thing that happens um, that a lot of people in this world will see me and see what I do and um, think that I'm an amazing person or then like give me value. But then my cousin, my mom, my brother, all aren't because they don't do what I do for a living. So that's why we wear a decal that says all black lives matter, not just the ones you root for. Stephen Ashton Mahoney with the Charlotte Post. To carry on with that point, do you feel that there's a stigma, particularly for Black men in this country, where the only way to quote unquote success is if you make it to the NBA or the NFL? Uh, I feel like for a long time it's been like stereotype. There's only a handful of ways to make it out, um, and I feel like as someone um, that is successful, not only in sports but also off the field, it's m partly my job to show the next generation that you can succeed in a multiple different ways um but yeah it feels like that's the only way uh, until you show the next generation that there are different ways and you talk about it and you make it okay and you don't condemn those who may think differently and be a quote-unquote like um uh, a, little, a nerd we call them black nerds um back before it was cool to be into like anime and cartoons and stuff like that i was one of those kids but now it's like highly celebrated um, so it's like that. It's a slow evolution and say like there's bigger, there's more, there's more than one way for you to be successful. It doesn't have to be a microphone or a ball. So, yeah. Hey, David. Go ahead, David. I'm sorry. Yeah, David Newton uh, again. I wanted to ask if uh, during all the uh, COVID, have you uh, picked up another instrument or, and if you did, or what song would you write about uh, uh, what about this whole time? Um, I did not pick up another instrument. I did pick up gardening. I have a yard now, and I've already killed the grass twice. So that's what I've been doing a lot of, just learning about grass. Um, but if I was to write a song right now, I think I would write a song about like deep reflection. Because if you look on social media, about like three months into like lockdown, everyone's posting these like been thinking about my life and everything's different. And like after deep soul searching. I'm now this new individual. So I was like, wow, everyone's going through like metamorphosis <laughs> all around. <laughs> so if I was going to be an artist and write a song, it would be about transformation. Hey, Steven, this is Deshaun with Channel 9. I hope you are doing well. Thank you. you At that point, what have you discovered about yourself in that deep reflection? Um, that I need when life turns back around, I need more friends. I've been like very isolated. I'm an only child, so I'm used to like being in my own bubble. Um, that it's okay to celebrate um, the successes along the journey with people. So I pretty much just put my head down and just go, go, go. And then um, if it's not family or like really, really close people who I would consider family, I don't make time for, but I need to learn how to make more time for other people and um, just be more inviting of my own like personal time and stuff like that. To follow up, I was going to ask, how do you navigate that desire in the virtual world where there's not as much person to person contact? I don't, I just, I just, I don't do it face to face, but I do call more people. I FaceTime 
more friends that would have been more of a, like an acquaint, acquaintance last year. So taking that time to be more involved in my friends' lives to truly be a, a really good friend. Anything else for Steven? I actually do have a, a football question. Uh, with what your defense has been going through, and I know this is a slower, longer ramp up, but you guys looking at the offense and what they're bringing, how, how different is this slower ramp up and what are you seeing from your offensive teammates in practice that makes you think, okay, we know how to stop these guys, but other teams may struggle? Um, I'm, I'm personally, as a defensive guy, really enjoying the slower ramp up because everything's new to me. So we get to take time and have days that are emphasized on just communicating, right? And how to how we play through fits and things of that nature. So the slower ramp up period is, is right up my alley. Uh, so it helps iron out mistakes. And our, our offense is multifaceted and I think it's gonna be a, a handful to stop, honestly. Hey, hey Steven. I have one more quick one just, just to follow mm -hmm. up there. How much does, does the slower ramp up help all the rookies and the young guys you have on this defense that are kind of learning about each other and learning how to be in the NFL as well? Oh, everything. Man, if I was a rookie, I would be so grateful to whatever football God allowed this because when I was a rookie, when we installed, it was like a third of the playbook, a third of the playbook, a third of the playbook, and we're only on day five of training camp, and he could call anything in there. So to have your head spinning like that while also reading your key is a classic thing we like to see rookies do. When like they make the call and someone goes in motion, they go. And then they point and they finally make the call. Um, but because it's a slower ramp up, uh, we're introducing things a lot, of, a lot slower. So they're able to make communications and be more confident in their ability to communicate. But every once in a while, they have a classic rookie mess up um, and we still get a chuckle in. But it's, it's helping the rookies a lot. Hey, Steven, David, and one more time, I want to ask you, what do you think about the uh, conferences talking about not playing college football? Uh, smart, um, because it's about player safety. Um, and if they push it back, they could push it back to the spring if they work out better logistics in regards to testing and possibly just following the same template that NFL teams are using, just on a much larger scale. Stephen, Mike Solarte again. It sounds like you're almost missing the option uh, or the opportunity to see the rookies kind of have their heads swim a little bit during practice. It's like a welcome to the league moment, but you know, it'll come. <laughs> Anything else for Stephen, guys, or are we good? Uh, one thing, uh, Stephen, you know, I think this election is something that might be important to you and trying to vote and, and all those different things. Just why is voting so important to you and what do you think of the Panthers initiative that has already started? Voting is important to me because you can't have long lasting change unless you have legislation that reinforces that or protects your rights. Um, and so that's why it's important to me. It took me way too long to learn that, um, but now I have, and now I think it's important that other people know that as well. Um, and so for the Panthers to also feel the same way and to help us get out there and get everyone in the Carolinas to understand the importance of voting really speaks a lot to the organization. Um, but yeah, um, it is important. Uh, we here believe it's important, so we're going to do what it takes to make sure everyone's properly informed on it.
Joey Mike Salarte, Spectre News One. You're looking swole as always. Uh, the uh, the decision uh, to release Graham that opens the door for you to maintain this spot on the roster is there. Uh, Pressure on you, less pressure on you coming into this camp with, with them relying on you. I know the roster had to be trimmed to 80 and all that stuff, but where do you stand in terms of your uh, your mental approach to the coming season? Uh, pretty much had the same mental approach, um, whether Graham was going to be here or not. Um, uh, I knew personally I needed to go out and, and perform to my best abilities and um, that everything else was going to kind of be in the hands of uh, those that are up top. So. Um, for me, things really haven't changed. And then um, since he has been gone, uh, as of last week, I've just been um, still doing the same thing that I was going to be doing if he was here. You know, I need to work on my own stuff, uh, get my, my timing and stuff like that. With with Joe uh, Charlton, the new partner that we have, um, getting my swings right, um, doing all the notes and stuff that I have to do for myself. So things really haven't changed um, since he's been gone, and they would have been pretty much the same if he was here. So, Joey, hey, uh, Josh Klein from the Rye Report. On that kind of same topic, how how much of a difference is it with a new punter and a new holder to kind of get that that uh, that timing down? And is that something that you can replicate um, in practice without actually being on the field and having people rush you? Uh, so, Joe is actually uh, works with one of the kicking coaches that I worked with. Um, since I was probably in junior and senior in high school. So um, we've been able to cross paths a couple times and um, was able to get out um, under some of the regulations and stuff like that to go work with them one-on-one uh, with our coach. So I've gotten some timing already done with them before we came into camp. And then um, since we've been here, I mean, honestly, uh, at the professional level, the holders and punters and stuff like that, they all have really, really good hands, good, good work with the ball. So, um, to be able to get a rhythm with him was just, it only took a couple days. We just had to get <coughs> situations between JJ, him and me, um, all primed up right. And once we did that, we've been <coughs> doing pretty well, so. Joey, have you spoken with Graham at all? Or if not, and you know, maybe did he say anything to you? Uh, yeah, I reached out to Graham um, and we were able to talk a little bit. Um, we've always had a pretty good relationship. Um, so just being able to talk to him, just give my best, he gives me his best. So. Um, uh, everything else we'll obviously not really talk about, but um, yeah, just being able to say that I'm, I'm always going to be in his corner. He's been someone that's been um, uh, a role model for me um, and, and always been there for me since last year. When I got in, I was able to call him during some of the games last year when I was doing well, when I was doing bad. So um, he's, he's always been a really good role model for me. So I'm always going to wish him the best. So. Joey, just curious, how does a kicker get their swings in and get reps during a pandemic, during quarantine? Uh, for me, um, I was lucky enough to, to get on a couple fields um, back in my hometown um, that I had some like, private, private access to. Um, and was able to work on um, my, own, my own work just off sticks. Um, and then... Uh, we had a couple places here uh, that we were able to get on just due to knowing the athletic directors in the area. Um, we were able to get clearance for it and stuff like that. So uh, the kicking coach that I was working with, we were just able to get some one-on-one time there. So, And then obviously once we get back in the camp, we're able to, able to actually work with the team. Um, I can kick whenever I want pretty much. So. Really, it doesn't really impact you because of the fact that you're not dealing with anybody one on one. You're you can set the ball up on your on your stick and just and, and and work on your craft. So 
the kicking side of it and the workout side of it, it seems like you might be the most unaffected guy when it comes to an, a, a football player uh, because of COVID. Uh, yeah, to be honest with you, it kind of was that a lot of people um, coming back kind of asked me like what, what the changes were for me um, this off season compared to all the other, not the other off seasons I've had, I've only had really one, but um, like just how my work ethic and everything had to change compared to COVID. But um, I was lucky enough to kind of have some situations where um, I had a gym that I could work out in um, because I worked there as an employee uh, prior to coming to the NFL. So I had access there and then I was able to get on a couple of fields of kick. So for me, training was pretty regular. Um, and then obviously just stay inside, self-quarantining away from everyone else and, and eating right, working out, training well. So I've been prepped for this pretty well coming into this year. Joey, do you, you have goals having uh, to go through a preseason game and, you know, basically the first time you'll kick um, and week one will be the first time you kicked in nine months in a, in a game setting? Um. I think I heard the back end of it, but just the difference between not having preseason games versus kicking during the first game of the season. Yes, it's pretty much yeah. yeah, so uh, luckily the position that I play, uh, they don't change the field goals out in the preseason compared to the regular season, so it's pretty much the same thing. Um, I mean, the rushes sometimes during the preseason are a little bit different. Obviously, some guys aren't really trying to get hurt, so preseason game-wise, they might have just different block protections or, or rush protections against us, and might not rush as hard, but then the fourth fourth group of guys might come in and they're all trying to get jobs on the team, so they might rush harder than everyone else. So it just depends on that. But once we get into the season, um, it's me, the ball, and the field goal post, and I'm just trying to keep that rhythm throughout the season. So preseason games are, for me personally, um, it's going to be pretty much the same thing. So, What are you most trying to improve in – on this season, Joey, now that you are an established NFL kicker and that goal's checked off, what is next for you? Uh, so for me, I mean, I'm, I'm constantly trying to improve um, myself, my mental game, my physical game. Um, obviously, be more consistent during the season. Uh, I had some up and down, ups and downs last year and just trying to tighten that window between what my best ball is and what my worst ball is. Um, and then obviously just uh, being able to critique things on the fly, get better, like kick to kick, week to week, stuff like that. So um, having the first like kind of 16-game season under my belt um, definitely helped to kind of understand what it, what it takes to be week to week going into a game. So um, for me, it's, it's been just the consistency of my swing, being able to recall it um, every single time. And if I can – get the right timing on my on my swing and the timing snap hold is the same, then I'll be fine. Joey, this is Deshaun with Channel 9. I hope you're well. You talked about some of the things you do to address your physical game. How do you work on the mental aspect of your game? Um, so one of the big things that was kind of discussed last year, um, <clears throat> I had that little notebook that people saw me writing in um, and just continuing that through throughout the process of this offseason. Um, I've been trying to, I mean, there's, there's some mental stuff like subconscious, conscious mindsets and get into like a kind of a flow state of, of work. And so you kind of work your best when you're in flow. And so for me, if I can get my subconscious and conscious mind to work together, then, um, game situations, no matter what the, what the, the, the pressure of anything is, you kind of get into the same state every single time. So, 
um, for me, just continually being able to recall things as soon as they happen and, and understand um, every little piece of it like, and, and breaking it down that way, um, for me, it's really helped me going into the season and also the, the back end of last year as well. Hey, Joey, David Newton, ESPN.com. Uh, speaking of that notebook, what's something you've written down in there during this offseason that, that might be you know, really memorable for you or that you look back and say, wow, I can't believe that? Um, I wouldn't say there was really anything memorable. I mean, um, simplistically put, most of the stuff I put in that book is just, uh, um, like you, you got every day. I, I said this a while ago with some of my coaches that I worked with, but you got to kind of teach yourself every single day how to kick. Um, it's the same type of mentality that someone that golfs or has some type of technical slash skill aspect, they got to go in every single day and, like go through the checks and cues. And then obviously the more you do it, the quicker you recall it. Um, but even like when I do exercises and stuff like that, you've been under a bar, you want to brace, you want to push your knees out, you want to do it with everything when you squat. So bringing that same type of mentality into kicking and really making sure that you go through every single one of your checkpoints because the last thing you want to do is not go through that process um, and then get caught up in the fact that you might've rushed it or you, you didn't think about what you should have done. So. For me, that's been a, a constant for me. So there's nothing really in the book that I was like, you're amazing or you're, you're the greatest guy ever. Like I never really wrote anything like that in there. But um, for me to be diligent and, and really buy into the process of doing that every single day has been something that's just been able to keep in my mind a, little, a lot better. So Anything else for Joey, guys? Hey, Joey, uh, just what's the um... – What's the thought process for a kicker if there are a foot if it's a full stadium, half filled stadium, or no fans at all? Does that make any difference at all for you, or are you just kind of you're just looking right at the goalposts? You're to be honest with you with you when you're out there, you're pretty much in the zone. Um, I mean, when I played in some of the loudest stadiums um, through my college career and some of that of my NFL career. Um, already just the short sh short time I've been in here there you can hear things and then also not hear anything during like when you're on the field obviously when you're at home it's usually a little quieter when you're on the road it's going to be super loud if you're the opposing kicker so there's the give and take in that but when you're out there you, everything just kind of like kind of blackout state you know you kind of go out there you go through your stuff but you're not really hearing anything so um, I know some of the other sports have played the crowd noise like the big crowd noise and stuff just to give it like that atmosphere and I think more of it's just to, to keep away the, the, the coaches talking so that they can't hear the other person's um, game plan and stuff like that. But um, just going out there and just, just getting in the zone and getting in the rhythm is, is all I'm really worried about. Can I ask one more, Ryan? Just go, ahead. go ahead, Elena. Um, Joey, I was just wondering, you know, we talk a lot about the change on this team and all the new coaches, but, you know, you're pretty consistent with still – working with Chase, how nice is that to have that consistency from last year with, you know, Polarity gone and all of the changes going on? Um, I mean, the, the big thing is just the fact that everything's kind of kind of been compressed a little bit. Like, we didn't have this, our OTAs and stuff like that and our, our training camp stuff. So everything's kind of been compressed a little bit. And so for me to have the familiarity with Chase already, we didn't have that, like, interval part of, like, hey, what do you want as a coach? So I could kind of already have that. So for me, it's been – I kind of just getting back on the same foot and going. So um, definitely a benefit to have Chase back. Um, 
as our, as our special teams coordinator. And just plus like the, the relationship that you already have with them and stuff like that. You're able to just talk to them on a different level and, and go about things on a different level.